0: This is the Leaside Lives Podcast. I'm Jordan. Mauread Tuig is my guest on episode number 19. Mauread is from Cork and she is a news broadcaster and news reader at Cork's 96FM and C103. Mauread, thanks a million for taking time out to speak with me today. I really appreciate it. How are you keeping?
1: I'm good, Jordan. I'm good. I'm delighted that you asked me. It's a real honour to be on your podcast.
0: Glad to hear it. An absolute pleasure. Uh, someone once said to me that the media never sleeps or the media never sleep whichever way you want to word it would you would you go along with that from your time involved so far as a news reporter
1: Oh absolutely I mean you can do your shift and you can have your set hours but it's the news never sleeps and news never stops so you're always keeping an eye on it and I guess it's it's more of a passion for me along with being a job so it's great just that you can you know you go on social media you turn on the tv you're always going to be kept up to date so it's as I say it's a real passion so I never want to put it to sleep.
0: Before you got into news, like talk to me a bit about growing up in Cork. I think you're from near Cork Airport, anyway, the Ballygarvan area. Um, I mean, growing up, were you always curious about current affairs?
1: Yeah, I suppose, you see, I grew up in a household where like it was a given every day you you know the 6-1 the nine o'clock news and the radio was always on in the background and like even coming home from school in terms of I suppose secondary school drive time and RT, it was just a given that it was always on so I was always you know it was always around me so I was always listened and I know Derry O'Callaghan says it on Oldies in Irish FTL forced to listen but it just became something that I became so familiar with so you know you might come home the next day and say you might ask mom or dad what's the story or what's happened in the doll today because you might be thinking about what happened yesterday. So it was always something that just was naturally on and, you know, we always got the echo and you're always keeping an eye on what's going on locally. So I think, it, you know, it stemmed from there. And then in terms of, I always say, like, ant oil, you know, you'd be at home and you'd get out to your coffee table. I had a little whiteboard, so you'd draw up your little graphic behind it and then you'd, you'd present the news or you might do the weather. And it was just something that, like, if... It just was so much fun, but it was always a dream I had. But you know, when you think of something like that, you never think that it's going to actually come true, that you dream about it. And it was my brother, he's eight years older than me, Dominic, and he went to Colossus Stefan, So I was still in primary school when he finished secondary school and went to college. And he brought home the prospectus one day and I was flicking through it. Like it never crossed my mind you could go to college and do like journalism or, you know, learn to become or gain the skills of, you know, a broadcaster. So I was flicking through the book, just seeing it. It was just kind of something, you know, you're 12 or maybe 11 or 12, you're just walking around the house, you pick up anything and have a look at it. And the next thing I see this course, radio broadcasting. And I was like, oh, this is it. Like there's a course there that you can do to learn this. Like this is unreal. So I remember like all through secondary school, it was always the one thing, along with being a barrister, they were like my two in the top of my mind. I was like, I either want to be a barrister or work in media, like on the on the radio or the TV. So I stuck with it um, and I went to did the college course for two years. Um, and yeah, here I am today. It's great.
0: That's interesting. It's great when you find a career that feels it doesn't feel like a job. You, you clearly love what you do. Uh, so that's very interesting and, and pleasing, I'd imagine. Um, you mentioned Anne Doyle there. I remember there was a big fuss about her last ever broadcast. I think it was around Christmas time a couple of years back and people were wondering what she'd do or say, but she was cool as a breeze. She didn't really make a, a big deal of it. And that's why it's interesting, to I think, to speak to news reporters because we don't often get a chance to to learn about them, about their lives, about their personalities. But be fair you regularly contribute on on other programs on 103 and 96 don't you
1: do yeah so for a long time there I used to do the morning shift on 96fm and with that then you'd be having the chats with Casey and Ross in the morning and like they're a gas the pair of them and they make you feel so relaxed and you just get because like naturally I'm very chatty anyway and like when I'm with my friends or family or whoever and like you know me well enough that, that I chat about anything and everything and I'm always up for having a laugh so that was great to do that because as you say you know, you never really see the other side because, you know, you have to be obviously, when you're reading the news, you're impartial and you're, you're reading it and you, you never give your you know, your personal side. So when you get to to have more relaxed chats and like even before I was on with Casey and Ross, um Colin McGrath used to do the breakfast show in C one oh three. So it was him he was the first one that ever kind of brought me in to have a conversation and to show that, you know, the chatty and the fun side. And I remember at the time, I think it was when Cork City um I think it was when they won the double and Shawnee Maguire was playing and you know the song you know um, it was like Shawnee's on fire your defence is terrified and I remember (laughs) I sang it on air and there was someone actually rang reception because they'd only heard the end of it and they asked me to sing it again so I was like oh my god this is crazy I was like I can never sing again because I don't have a singing voice but it's just you know getting to have the fun with that like it really reignites the passion for radio because people see like see it as a friend so they love hearing you know you having fun and you being yourself because they feel more relaxed then as a listener as well
0: do you find you get a buzz from chasing a new story Marit?
1: oh absolutely it there is a real buzz and like we've a great team inside as well and my favorite saying is you know uh teamwork makes the dream work so when you have like this group of people all with the same passion for it, It just creates such a buzz and like you know I suppose you could pick out times like elections and I know we've you know the US presidential election at the moment and you'd see the few tweets going around about like the count centres and I heard the word recount earlier and like when you hear recount you're like oh we're in this for another few days but you know and like you know if there was a storm and we've had some nasty weather events you know for the last few years and obviously even you know with, with COVID as well at the moment so when you have big stories like that to contend with it's and you come together as a team it just like it doesn't even feel like you're going to work like you're just going from you know one family to another family and you're dealing with it and you know you you pool all your resources and all your skills together and you end up with you know the finished product and it's it's great fun to be part of
0: and you're part of an award-winning team though as a matter of fact because you did you did pick up an award at the recent uh imro awards wasn't it
1: we did yeah so last year we got our first well since i joined the team so i joined in 2016 so last year we got brands and this year we got brands so last year it was that uh, we got to experience the whole going up to the lyrath and the fun that goes with the Imro awards and networking and meeting people and then this year it was an online event it was virtual but like the group chat was flying so it was just as fun you know in a different way but you know you, you just have to make the most of it but it's great like so we got brands last year brands this year for extended news bulletin so it's fantastic it's great to see you know it's great to be recognized for for all the hard work and it's it's lovely it's a really nice thing to celebrate
0: it's interesting as well i find that when you hear someone on radio and you don't know them you kind of create a picture in your mind that isn't i say more often than not it isn't very accurate but um I know even some of my family have heard you know uh, reading the news and they they think you're much older than what you are. But um, I think like you're still early twenties. You must be one of the youngest news readers in the country, Maraid. I'm sure that's the case.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, Joe. You know, I'm not even sure, being honest. But like, because I've often had people come up to me and they're like. Is that, is that you? Like, they're like, I thought now you'd be in your 30s with kids. And I'm there thinking like, how's a child going to change how I sound? It's just, it's funny when you hear it. And like, it's a real, you know what? It's a real compliment because I guess they mean it in a way that like I sound like I've been at it for years and that I've, you know, that I've been working in, in radio for a lot longer than what I have. Because I am, yeah, as I say, I started in 2016. So I'm, what is it now? About four and a half years. So it was in May, 2016. But I think you see, When I was younger, when we were in college, the tutor said, Peter O'Neill asked me, like, how, you know, where did you get this kind of ability for, you know, understanding, you know, intonation and all the rest of it. And I was like, it's from listening to other newsreaders and I guess you know hearing how how they read and then following along and like I used to read scripts from you know radio stations will put them online and you might read along with the reader and I did speech and drama all through um primary school and secondary school as well so it kind of became a thing where I just enjoyed using my voice and I used to as they say like you know other people will play playstation or they might watch a movie whereas no I listened to the radio news and read along with it from you know from a website so it became something that like I picked up almost like as a hobby when I was younger because I was so fascinated by it um, and understanding how it worked that when it came to getting to do it for real I was like oh my god like this is actually happening I was so nervous the first day was a bank holiday Monday the May bank holiday weekend in 2016 and I'd done a little bit of training. I'd gone in with um, Pierce McCarthy and he'd shown me the ropes and I'd met with Barry O'Mahony and Victoria Nichols and Fiona Donnelly and the whole team. And like, Pierce really showed me at the start and then the Monday, Barry was there and he stayed with me for the first bulletin and then he was like, I'll see you so. And I was like, oh it's either sink or swim now and like i'm still there (laughs) so it's been it's been it's been really good and like since i joined then you know we've had like katie's on board now as well and like we just get on so well and katie and me around the same age so we it's just you know it's mighty like you're making friends for life in there you know what stand
0: out as some of the highlights i mean you mentioned there the the elections and and the storms are there any other you can think of
1: um i saw there was one day um Fiona was off, I think it was for a week or she was busy and I was asked to go to UCC. There was, they were launching their Project Ireland 2040 and all I knew was that Leo was going to be there and he was Taoiseach at the time, Leo Veradker. so that was fine. And then someone mentioned a one-on-one. So I was thinking, okay, great. The next thing we went out and there was a group of journalists and Leo came out and spoke. So in my head, I was like, okay, you know, this must be what they meant, like that he was going to speak to the, the media. And the next thing, the the next thing I was called in and I got to do a one-on-one interview with Leo Varadkar. And it was just, it was surreal because as a young journalist getting that opportunity, like, you know, you'd have been watching let's say the likes of Miriam McCallaghan, Claire Byrne interviewing the Taoiseach and now all of a sudden you're getting this opportunity so that was definitely a standout moment you know I kept it really local because obviously being working for like local news you know I wanted to to get, get the lowdown on Cork from the Taoiseach so that was that was really that was special um a definitely standout moment and you know there's been other times I mean Hall Martin being the leader of, um, of Fianna Fáil, the now Taoiseach. He wasn't teaching at the time. I got to interview him as well. So, like, definitely from a political perspective and, you know, meeting, you, you range from, like, councillors all the ways up then to, you know, your your senior ministers. So that that was um, pretty standout for me because I suppose like I'd growing up you'd see like politicians and you know in the Dáil and things like that and as a child you're like oh my god like they're you know they're the people who you want to you want to talk to and you want to interview and you know get their perspective and when you get to meet them as well you can always say you know you've met them in person you get a different you know I suppose outlook on them and you you can just you know we got a nice picture as well so my mammy and daddy were very proud <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, undoubtedly and I know you're a big country and Irish music fan as well did you get to interview one of your heroes one time Nathan Carter I think
1: I did I got to interview him twice <laughs> the first time it was uh, in college um I was so so nervous because I'd never got like I'd never done interviewed someone like of note so like I'd never probably really interviewed anyone at that stage actually in college and I just said oh, like, this is our opportunity. He's coming to the opera house. Like, we, you know, I sent him an email. And there was a guy in my college course at the time, O'Sheen, and he was a big fan of Nathan Carter as well. So I was like, come on, come on, we're going to interview him. So I was like, you have to come with me. And my list of questions wrote out, and we had the Zoom with us. And we went in um into the opera house, and we went backstage and into the dressing room. And my leg did not stop shaking for the whole interview. Like, it was just just so nervous like I just couldn't couldn't console myself because like big fan and I was like he's you know he's the most famous person that I've ever come across to interview so it was unbelievable Um, and it went really well like I mean in college probably none of the rest of the class would have been maybe fans of like country and Irish but it was my one chance to get Wagon Wheel played on that station and it was the best ever and then another stage he was at the North Cork Country Music Festival and I got to have a quick chat with him at that as well so I was a lot calmer that day But, I, but the best thing about that day was that someone took a picture of me interviewing him and it's up on his Instagram page. So for a while I was like, I've made it like this, you know, this is great. <laughs> so that was that was really special. But that day, like, I, you know, I had a chat with um, Jimmy Buckley as well. And he sings a song. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but it's about your wedding day anyway. And it's kind of what a father would sing to his daughter on on her wedding day so I remember saying to him that day I was like oh you'll have to come to my wedding and sing that song and so me and my dad can do a waltz to it <laughs> so I wonder will that will that stand <laughs> I'll have to remind him
0: very good no it's great I suppose it's a great part of the job that you get to interview uh, your heroes and people you, you looked up to before I'd imagine it is I know myself it's a it's a magical thing um I suppose there have been many funny moments as well <laughs> being a, a newsreader or have there been times where you've kind of struggled to stay serious during a bulletin?
1: Oh, there's been many a times. And I suppose just go back to the interview. You know, I've interviewed so many people who, like locals in Cork as well. And they're just like, they're as much a pleasure to have a chat to as well. Because you can really resonate with them being a Cork woman as well. But definitely there, there's been many funny moments. Um I like. I was only chatting to my mom about it this morning. There's been maybe mispronunciations in the sport because a lot of soccer players have names that you need to practice, and like tennis players. So remember one night, um, we used to do news till ten for a while. So you know if there was Premier League matches on, and you, I'm sure you've heard of Dervock Origi, the soccer player. Yes. Well, I didn't call him Origi. I called him a variation of Origi, which you could imagine what I may have called him. So that, like, I remember Emmett Kennedy was working at the time with 96FM and he just came in after the bulletin and was like, that's not how you say his name. (laughs) I was like, oh no. Um, And there was other times, I remember um, Billy Barry was down at a match down in in Crosser. um, Cork City were playing and we used to have like an ISDN line into into turn cross so went live and with grand and the next thing went into sport crossed to billy and put up the fader and billy's just like "Ooh!" and he's watching the match and i realize oh no billy doesn't know that we're live to him like oh, how am i going to do this because i hadn't checked the score before before i went live so i was like okay so the next thing he was like can you hear me mairead and i'm like in my head, I just wanted to burst out laughing, but I knew I couldn't. I was like, okay, think about this now. You literally have a millisecond to decide what you're going to do. You want to get the score update. So eventually I just like, are you there, Billy? And he goes, yeah, I'm right. I don't know what happened there. And then I just goes, how's the match going? And he was like, "It's I don't know, let's say it was like 2-0. And I was like, thanks, Billy. And off I went, carried on the bulletin. But trying to keep your composure and like, like, you don't want to burst laugh laughing because you have to finish the bulletin. But I was like, okay, I've got the score. That's the main thing. People know how the match is going. You know, it's, but there's just been times like that where you know, yeah, you might want to laugh, but you just, you can't because you have to try and keep your composure. So it's about learning. And like when I was doing speech and drama, I remember my teacher, Ida McSweeney, always said, it's about how you recover. It's not about making the mistake. It's about how you recover and come back from that. So like I apply that to everything. Every time I go in and go live, I'm like, okay, you might mispronounce something, but it's how you Bring yourself back from that, that's going to. Because, like, I, I find if you make one mistake, you think about it, then you end up making another one and another one, and you're like, oh, okay, you just need to move on and recover from it. And it happens to everyone, do you know?
0: Understandably, it does. What advice would you have to someone who may be thinking of doing the same career as you, Marate? I think. As well as the the course, which sounds great, the you did spend the time in community radio as well, did you?
1: Yeah, I did. So um, I suppose in fourth year it started because um, in transition year in secondary school you get to do some work experience. So my mom in fairness to where she was on and on to ninety six. Um, I think we got in touch with with other stations as well, um, but eventually I, I got to do a week's work experience in ninety six FM. So it was it was mighty. Like you know, you go in. I think you start. Or in nine o'clock, and you're going into the into the talk show. This was would have been back. I'm trying to think. I did my leaving search in 2014, so this would have been 20. 12 I'd say yeah because it was in in the second half of transition year so I go in and um, it was Cullum and Emer were still there in 96 at the time and PJ was filling in for Neil and it was just like it was unbelievable because you create this whole idea of what you think a radio station is going to be like and then you get to go in and work experience and it's like I love it even more you know it's it's like you want to say it's a relaxed atmosphere it is a, a lot of the time but if you can go with it and get excited with it, like you're just you're just made for it, you know what I mean? So I got to go in and do that and I got to meet them and I remember telling them at the time like that I had a real passion for news. So they let me go in with um in with Pierce. So I got to watch him do it was like a Wednesday evening. I remember it so well because it was like one of the best days of my life as a teenager. <laughs> so um I got to go in and watch him do the news and see how he did it. Um and I remember like I posted on Facebook that day, I was like chilling in the news newsroom or something in 96 and I still every time that post comes back up on Facebook I reshare share it I'm like you know who thought I'd still be here this like this many years later so I did that week of work experience um and I guess look I, I know not everyone knows that like 16 you know what they want to pursue but the way I look at that like if you've an inkling that you'd enjoy it go for it like take a chance like email you know see what you can do see if you can get in somewhere and just even for just a taster for it because they might remember you when showing your your interest. So then we went yeah into college then in the first year of college you to get outside work experience as well so I applied to UCC they have a college radio in UCC so I got to go there for it that year um it was every Friday we used to have for a work experience so I used to do the breakfast show with uh, two other girls on a Friday morning so that was cool then because you're getting the you know you're chatting and you get to play music and you know we brought people in to have a chat to interview and things like that so that was really cool because you know you're given the freedom to kind of explore all different sides of radio and then in second year of college we actually did experience within the college because there's a juice fm is the station within on Afa so again you get to explore like you know you could be reading the news you could be presenting the show so you get to like try it all out which is fantastic um and i also did some work experience with life fm in toker so he's reading news with them so you know Emerging all of that together you're building up skills there and you're improving all the time and you know a lot of the time you're probably working on your own you know in terms of you know you can come home and listen back and I know like Trevor would be one that would say this you know don't be afraid of your own voice listen back critique yourself learn where you know you could improve because if you show that enthusiasm of wanting to learn and wanting to get better people already within the industry with years of you know service and years of experience will want to help you because they know They know what enthusiasm is like because, like, you're as enthusiastic as I am about radio and you know, your work with Trevor and working on the score, and it's all about, like, you know, your interest in that and showing, like, that you want to do it. So, of course it's great then to work with people who have that same passion that you have and that's what I found like I went in, I remember I was in second year of college and I commented on a post that 96FM had up on Facebook and it was about bouncers in Cork and I told of a great story that you know the bouncer was lovely and all the rest of it and they rang me to know that I'd go on and have a chat with PJ. So I went on and I remember saying you know to the producer on the phone I was like oh, you know, I'm sure you did the course I did. I think it was Brenda. Um, and the next thing Deirdre said, Deirdre O'Shaughnessy said, look, if you want to come in, do some work experience. So I got to go in. And the next thing, um, Ashling Roach was leaving the newsroom to go up to News Talk. So they were looking for cover. So it just, like, by me just being known to them and going in and doing that bit of work experience, you know, it meant that, like, I I was in there. I got to know people. I got to, and as I say, four and a half years later, and I'm still in the news team, and it's it's a pleasure. It's great. And, like, I've got to experience so much um, since I started between, you know, going out on the road with Fiona and reporting and obviously, you know, inside reading bulletins and producing them, putting them together, and, you know, filling in on the, the opinion line, um, doing, like, the producing side of it. And same with Cork today on C103. Because again, like if you show your want to try all these things out, like they're going to, you know, you're going to get there eventually. Like it mightn't seem at the start like that you're, you know, you are, but you definitely will. Because if they see that you're you're willing and you want to to give it a go, you know, you'll get there.
0: Yes, that's a great story. And it shows that it, it can be done. You can follow your passion and, and make a career of it. And uh, I think it's interesting as well that you you networked throughout, you kind of chased people rather than job adverts, which is which is, um, I think, a lot of what people recommend you do, and um, yeah, one of the obstacles, the early obstacles as well, that I came across was listening back to yourself. You kind of, you kind of listen to your own voice, and you're like, "Who the heck is that?" Did you find that first as well?
1: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, I did because, like. When I listen back to like the early bulletins, like from the very start, I was nervous and that's only natural that you're going to be nervous at the start because it's something so new to you and like you're, you know, you're using a new desk and you're kind of trying to get everything right together. So definitely listening back like, and if you kind of pick out different points up along, you can see where like the improvements started to happen and things like that. But like definitely at the start, trying to listen back and being like, oh, my God, like, you know, but it's time we're on then. And, you know, I suppose the, pr- the pride of your family is lovely as well. And I like the first day in um, they sent me a video. So my mom, my dad, my brother were sitting in the car outside and they just sent me a video of the three of them of the three of them listening to me reading the news that day and I was like oh my god and like mom and dad they sent out a text message to all the fam like both their sides my dad is one of 12 and my mom is one of eight so like they like they the nation told like you'll have to tune in so you know but like as you say then listening back and you know people are saying well done and that helps too it helps to have the support of a family and your friends and things because I know you know, I suppose they're, they've always been encouraging anyway of anything I've done. And like, I come from a very hard-working family. So I was never afraid of kind of pursuing that dream and kind of taking that chance because they were always behind me when it came to saying, okay, you know, you'll have some people who will kind of say, ah, that's not really a job at all. You know, but then it's the way I look at it. Like if you have a dream, there's no point in keeping it as a dream. If you can make it come true, better still. And if you can live it, then sure, you know who who's laughing now you know so it's great
0: exactly i love that motto right yes um away from radio well staying with audio um i know one of your colleagues pierce has set up a brilliant podcast uh, in recent times is that something you'd consider doing down the line a podcast
1: I think it is. Um, myself and, and I mentioned, Katie earlier. So Katie O'Keefe, we were we we've been humming and hawing and chatting about setting up a podcast. So I texted her earlier. I was like, I'm going on Jordan's podcast later. She was like, Great. She was like, We need to get our one sorted now and and up and running because it's great. You know what? It, you get to hear about people who you wouldn't normally maybe hear from or about. Or as you said earlier, like I mean, you can hear me reading the news, but you never really know anything else about me. So it's a it, like it's a pleasure for me to like reveal all my life so if I thought like that we could hear you know all about other people because you never like you never really think about where they've come from or how they've gotten to where they are now so it's it's great to to delve in and like it's you know and I was looking at the list of people who've you you know who you've had a chat with already on your podcast and you're flying it like and I suppose Trevor and I like naturally i picked trevor's one because i know him and you know and like just listening to the stories like the custard cream one which was a like it's just a classic like it's a brilliant story so you get to relive all things like that so i i think definitely a podcast is something that um maybe in the in the not too distant future this might be the kick i need now to to get on with it <laughs>
0: Glad to be of help. And yeah, the one you mentioned there, that's Trevor Welch's episode. That was number two or three, I think. It was around about a year ago, actually, before we even heard the word COVID. And I remember we were sitting down by the leaf fields behind the Kingsley, looking out onto the to the water while we were recording. It was, it was a great chat. But yeah, I suppose the theme of it all is kind of Cork people and their and their stories talking about their careers and what they love about their their area. So I, I'm excited to see what yourself and Katie come up with and what your, what your niche will be. Will it be country music or...
1: I don't think she'd let me get away with that now <laughs> i'm not sure what we're gonna what we're, we're gonna focus it on but um hopefully i'd say like i mean keeping it local i mean like you know it's it's nice to be able to have as you say a niche there where you can kind of tailor it to, to a certain audience but it's uh it's very much in, in the works early stages yet
0: <laughs> watch this space um, but you've obviously got lots of interesting stories to tell. I know you did grow up, I think, near enough to Cork Airport, which which must have been interesting. I mean, if someone moved, we'd say, to the, to the region now and they were living near an airport, it would take a hell of a long time, I'd say, to get used to it. Um, I mean, what was that like? Are there any kind of memories that spring to mind?
1: Yeah so it's I suppose like for me like the sound of a plane right now is just like I'm immune to it. It's like a plane could be taking off right now and it wouldn't even resonate with me that like it's a it's like what's that? But like you've people who come in here visiting and they just absolutely like like what what's going on? Like what's that noise? Because like I suppose the the, the noise of a plane taking off is rather loud and when you're not expecting it <laughs> it can be you can give you a bit of a fright. Um it's you know it's interesting like I look out my kitchen window and you see the you know all the small planes in the flying club um like it's as i say it's something like my my mom's parents grew up like and my mom grew up in the house next door to us here um so it's just been something that like it's just been normal to us for you know i'm 24 now so i've i've never known any different i've lived i'm still living at home and we've lived here all all the time and mom and dad built this house um but like, you know, I suppose at Christmas time it was always the case you go up and when it was the old terminal, like terminal um terminal one, which is yeah, the old one, now when you drive in it so it's on t- it's over to the left. So we'd have always went in there and they had great Christmas decorations. Um it was just always a spectacle. It was really special to go up there and it just was like an uh, you know, the usual trip. Um you know, you still we still have a laugh over it. Like, I mean, if we're going on holidays, we still need to spin up it's too dangerous to walk up the road like so we might be two minutes away from the runway but like we still need it we still need to be dropped off outside um but yeah it's like you know you'd have friends over there like or someone visiting maybe the accountant or someone and like they just absolutely like they're just like what's that noise so it's funny for us to watch other people react to like when you know when a plane is landing but like when Queen Elizabeth was over in Cork I'm not sure how many years was it maybe 2011 I think I'm not sure but like even like that day we couldn't even get home because there was just so much security around the place and you know so it's unbelievable like when you when you have you know special visitors like that like and I remember like you look out the window and the army were combing like around here just you know in the days leading up to it and things like that so it gets interesting when you see you know when they're, when they're preparing for something like that it's obviously quite sad at the moment because it's really you know it's very quiet up there um and it's you know there's not as many planes taking off and things like that but hopefully it'll get back to you know to to what it was and it's you know the the large passenger numbers and things like that but yeah definitely it's um it's definitely something you say. Oh, I live next to the airport. There's gas. There's the runway. There's my house. When you look at it on Google Maps, it might as well be the one spotlight because it, it is really close. But um, but yeah, it's you know it's something different. But it it's cool.
0: Well, that would make a good opening episode or pilot episodes. I think for a, for a podcast living near an airport, I, I'm reminded of the um, I'm reminded of a Simpsons episode there actually where there. The flight path changes i think and they're kept awake all night so that that could be something to to think about um you do you come from a farming background as well marie because i know you you do you do contribute to the farming program on on 103 so is that something that's in your family as well
1: but yeah so i um my dad would have come from a farming background but i suppose we live rurally enough in terms that we're kind of surrounded by farms um well, maybe not surrounded by farms, but there's a few farms locally. And like a few of my friends will be farming as well. So it was never something that I would say like would have been a topic that I wouldn't have had a clue about. But at the same time, like I wouldn't be going out, you know, I've never milked a cow or anything like that. But um so when the opportunity you see, I suppose, with COVID and... You know, they they were looking for people to to fill in to do the farming show on C one hundred three. So Barry, who's the head of news and my boss, he he stepped up, and then I said, "Oh look, if you you know if you need a hand with anything, you know you can let me know." So he was like, "Oh great, yeah." I was like, sure, "Look, when I'm on my holidays, to you know you might do it." So I was like, "Oh my god! Like <laughs> this is, you know, another opportunity to to have a go at something, and it's gone really well so far." And like I'm a member, of, a member of Macra as well. So, uh, Balancholic Macra is the the club I've been involved with. So, in terms of all that, like it, you know, you get to have a bit of fun. And like Farm Talk kind of focuses on yeah, farming. I suppose it's in the name, but it looks at like rural life as well um so it's you know it's been interesting so far like I've dealt with topics like women in agriculture so immediately you can you know you can relate to the topic because I have a lot of friends as I say who are from farming backgrounds and it's interesting to hear I suppose from a lecturer about you know who's focusing on on topics like that and then we did you know trauma on farms as well and I think everyone can relate to that because like A farm is like, you know, it's a 24-7 job. It's not as if you can get up at nine and finish at five if you're, you know, if you own a farm. So it's just, it became something like that. I was, it was a topic and a show that I wouldn't have been unfamiliar with, but at the same time, it was a new challenge um and you just get to explore different things and you get to maybe push the boat out and you know but they've been really good like John O'Connor who's the usual presenter he still contributes to it and he's a great help and you know never bother on him if you have a question or if you're stuck for something or if you're not sure of something and Barry's been brilliant as well and then like if Fiona, a reporter, or Katie went out, like it was recently enough that it was, you know, farming farmers' mental health week or ag mental health week, um, so you know you get to explore topics like that as well and and bring it all together. So yeah, it's it's pretty cool doing it, like you know, and it's uh, it's a new challenge. So it's yeah, it's great to be involved in it.
0: Oh, brilliant. And clearly, you like to keep busy because, as well as being a news journalist, and I suppose not always being on call, but you know, you're working um hours late, hours some nights if there's an election on it's uh, you're working all weekend or whatever. But um you also you're also involved in the local soccer club, Dripsy Celtic, and I, I know this week that uh, you've been named as their PRO for the new season, which is which makes sense really, because I suppose your skills are, are transferable and uh, to have a PRO who's a news journalist is that's like that's like hitting the jackpot. They must be delighted. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah so it's a funny story so I'm like we're living in Ballygarvin right and my brother is living in Dripsy so Dripsy is out beyond Balancholic um and he moved out there. He's um he's engaged to Christine, who's from originally from Dripsy, um and they've baby Ruby. So he the club, there was no soccer club there for years. I think there was one there before, and a few years back they reignited the club because he wanted to be playing soccer. So my dad is a massive soccer fan, and so is my brother. So my dad is the manager of Dripsy Celtic and um uh, my brother is the secretary. My sister in law's brother is the chairman and my sister in law's dad I think is I'm trying to think, is he the treasurer maybe? (laughs) So and I'm the PRO, so yeah. So it's um yeah, so it's going to be interesting. Like it's a, a very new role for me to get getting involved, but I'm looking forward to getting stuck in. Um, I think maybe years ago in school I was the PRO in the student council, so you know some transferable skills there. But it's great. Like they're you know they they're enjoying being involved. They play in the is it the Cork Business League? So they're not they're not playing or training at the moment, obviously with with COVID restrictions and things like that. But um yeah so it's it's going good for them they've got a great panel of players and it's all you know they they enjoy the bit of crack in the training and it's great you know for people to to be able to go out and play and and have fun and catch up and things like that like i used to <laughs> i used to play sport when i was younger i laugh because I remember I, I told you yeah, I have a story about a wonder goal and the reason that it's so.
0: Oh yeah, I'd like to hear about the wonder goal you scored there once upon a time. Was that for, what club was that for? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> so the reason it's a, the reason it's a wonder goal is because like it was a one and only time. <laughs> so it was more of a wonder goal for me. <laughs> so we were playing, um, I was playing like maybe under 14 and like ever since I was small, like I played camogie and I played soccer. Um, it was a bit later starting soccer, but it was always more for like the taking part and seeing my friends and things rather than anymore. You know, there was never I, there was never going to be an international call up. I'll put it to you that way. So um, we were playing one day. I, I think it was under 14. I was playing for Richmond FC. So my dad used to be involved with Richmond before he was with Dripsy. And um, we were playing, I think, Killinardish or Killinardish. I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce it. So we were... We were winning quite well. I think we we might have had I don't really like maybe five one up or something. We ended up winning like eight one, I think. Um, so the next thing that we we had a corner. So Adine took the corner, and I was just standing in front of the goal. <laughs> and whenever I saw the ball coming, I just put my leg up, and we always laugh about it here because we're like it was a pure accident that I put my leg up because it just like hit off my boot and in over the goalie's head and I scored a goal I was like oh my god like I'm after scoring like it was the best feeling ever because I often think about it we used to play matches on Saturdays and I reckon like the one thing that used to encourage me to go to the match was we used to always go to drumsticks and Valley after so I used to get jojos so like as a young one like I was like well if I play the match I'm gonna get my chips like so (laughs) but that was a great feeling because you get a real boost of confidence when you get to you know when you score a goal like that and I remember there was a write-up in the echo and everything afterwards so it was really cool because I was like I never really excelled at sport it was always about the taking part which is important too and you know seeing your friends and things and that's that's all part of it but um there was another day then our goalkeeper she was like like she was unreal like she was so good and she got injured so they put me in goal so that was fine so the next thing there was ball came in and I caught it and the manager Liam at the time was like to my dad on the sideline going oh my god like she's really good so that was grand I had to kick it out grand and like like I barely had any experience in goal and I didn't want to be in there and the next thing there the next ball came in and i was just kind of i didn't know what like i didn't know how to react or what to do or i was like oh my god so the next thing like and the ball just ended up rolling in past me into the goal like it was one of the softest goals i'd say that anyone's ever scored so after that then i was like no i don't think the goalkeeping life is for me anyway <laughs> i used to play in goal for Camogie as well um but yeah again as i say never really excelled at uh, at sport did it for did it for the fun and and that's, as i say that's part of it too but um i'd say i stopped playing maybe when i was like 16 17 but i've made great friends out of it and they're still earlier two around and yeah so and i suppose being from a soccer mad family anyway like i mean i've been in old trafford a few times and things like that and we went um we did it we got a tour of is it the etihad where man city play so we i remember we got a tour there because dad was taking richmond over we were playing a soccer tournament in manchester so we got to go as well um so that like things like that like i've had great experiences that way and you know and i suppose it's a man united household anyway so <laughs> i've no choice but to follow them
0: <laughs> there are a lot of parallels there between our sport and careers mario you, you, you mentioned that uh you kind of played until you were 16 17 you made great friends and you perhaps weren't as, as talented in sport as you were at other things i certainly find it easier to write about or talk about sport than than play it i certainly didn't excel in sport but um I um I was only talking to someone recently about the the thrill of stopping at the shop after a match like that was that was just bliss. But I remember there was a manager that threatened us one day not to stop at the shop on the way back because we were getting hammered and he was accusing us of not taking things seriously. But thankfully he didn't deliver on his promise that time. We still got our hot chicken baguettes after the match. Uh, so yeah, I know what you mean. With regards to that. Um, yeah, I think we're all looking forward to hopefully next year or maybe the year after getting back to being able to go out for a drink or go to a concert or a match with a group of friends or whatever. Um, I think we're all dreaming of doing that again. But I think keep, people are probably keeping themselves busy you now, those who are, you know, at home during lockdown. I suppose you weren't really affected by it in many senses because you still had to go in, you still had to ch- chase news. But did you take up any other hobbies or interests Um, since since COVID came in because I know a lot of people have been making banana bread and stuff like that
1: yeah, I suppose, like, I mean, at the start, I remember, like, every Saturday, like, I used to bake a cake or, you know, do, like, something, queen cakes or, like, a lemon cake or anything. I did kind of pull that because I was like, this is going on a bit too long now. And I was like, I'll have to roll out the door next. So, like, you have to kind of put a staff to that. Um, And then I suppose, like, like you say, like, I was so busy all the time anyway because news never stops. So, in terms of, you know, people having, like, Netflix marathons and things, I was like, I wasn't finding time for anything of that. But there was one show that I found on Netflix. I don't know, I think there's about four a series of it. It's called Scorpion. Um it's amazing. So I just fell in complete like love with this this show. Um so I'd recommend that if anyone is a fan of like the Big Bang Theory and it's kind of like that crossed maybe with like a bit of like James Bondy kind of action and stuff. I'd really recommend it. It's really good. Um And I'm trying to think, like, I watched Emily in Paris recently. I'd recommend that too. They're all kind of, you know, easy shows to watch and they kind of take your mind off what's going on. Because I know, like, a lot of people kind of say, you know, in terms of hearing the news and listening about COVID and getting caught up in the figures and things, like, it's our job, obviously, to to deliver that news and to present it to people because it's, you know, it's it's what's happening. But I I could appreciate how people, how it would affect people's mood and mental health and, you know, how it could really, you know, upset people and things like that if they don't feel like things are, are going right. So I definitely think, you know, getting to watch Netflix and escape from reality, even just for half an hour, you know, it's really nice and it's a great way to to relax as well. And like, I've, I've got Louise O'Neill's new book, recently i haven't got to read it yet so i'm looking forward to getting stuck into that um and i think like you know things even you know we spoke about mocker there and like we had a regional meeting last night um and it was really good we were in the Shandoon region so you know there's just people there giving tips like you know talking about to mind your mental health and you know check in on your neighbors and check in on your friends and things like that because it's really important you know because the the nights are you know it's getting darker earlier now as well and it's getting harder to kind of you know when you're not seeing people and you're not it's not normal at the moment it's not what we're used to so you know just things like that just you know keeping on top of that and I am I don't know if you heard of uh, Trisha's transformation on Instagram so Trisha's brilliant she's got this a new challenge out so I think she sets a challenge every month but one of the girls came to us the other day and said look will we do the November challenge so it's 30 minutes exercise for 30 days so it's meant to be for like the whole of November but as you know and I know we get Chinese and work on Sundays so I never did the challenge on Sunday but <laughs> I started one day, so like I wouldn't have been like that obsessed with like exercise and things which I probably should be so now I'm so far so good I've been doing my 30 minutes every day so it's great lifestyle lifestyle thing and what they say it takes what seven weeks or so to get into a habit so (laughs) to be great if I could get it get into that habit because the half an hour flies and if you put on the music that you like or you listen to you know a podcast or you know anything like that like the time the time can fly and you don't even realize that and it's it's great for you you know it's great for your, your mind
0: most definitely, no. That's great. Best of luck with that and fair play to you. I know there's there's so many options out there online as well. Programs like that to follow, and you don't have to you don't have to um, give hours upon hours of your day. It can just be twenty or thirty minutes, as you see and it can really improve your your mood, your mental health as well as your physical health. So um, yeah, definitely recommend that. One of the highlights I think over the last few months for yourself must have been being named Follower of the Week by the Cork Kaipu, which is one of the most uh, fascinating Twitter accounts, I think. And uh, out there at the moment, uh, he's certainly a character, Cork Kaipu. I don't really know him. I don't think you know him either, but he's obviously a fan of yours, Morayad
1: yeah I don't have a clue who he is but you know what again it's like an escape from reality for a while he'll go mad now if I'm saying it's an escape from reality because he'll be like I am real um, so yeah it's, it's he's just funny and I say he I'm sure, I think he it's a he and I don't know who's behind this account but like they must be having some crack like behind that keyboard because like it, the things that he comes out with and the things that he tweets and it's really funny because I, I think like I presume it stemmed from that time where there was a reported sighting of a koi poo in Cork years ago wasn't there um, and it just seemed to be going and it's after growing a lot of momentum, I suppose, over lockdown because people, like, I guess, maybe have more time to to look on Twitter. But yeah, I was named follower of the week. Uh, I never got my sash and my tiara actually, I was was on on them. Um, so yeah, like that that was an honour. But you know what? It, like, um, he puts it up and he's like, you know, give her a follow. And I remember I got loads of followers the same <laughs> the same day. Like so, um, yeah, it's it's gas. And you just don't you know what he's going to come out with next. And you can have a bit of banter there and just have a bit of a you know yeah i just have a bit of back and forth and it's a bit of fun you know
0: it's great crack following him on, on twitter he's fierce witty and clever and just just downright hilarious uh the cork kai poo staying with cork if you're bringing visitors to cork um whether it's city or county i suppose what kind of places would you bring them to in terms of going for a drink or or dining out or chillaxing or exploring what what areas spring or places spring to mind
1: um i suppose for me and cork like if it was for a night out anyway i'd be saying straight to riordan's um I just love the place. Like you just meet so many characters in there and it's just, it's great fun. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's I just love the place as you can tell. Um, But in terms of, I guess, like during the day then and things like that, Um, like I do, I, I love the city centre. Um, and just walking along like I mean you know sometimes I kind of walk along during the day if I finished work early if I've done the early shift and you're just walking down Pana and you're like this is lovely you know you're really proud of where you're from and South Mall looks gorgeous and um so I'd be really proud of the city so I'd love to you know bring bring people in there and then I guess you know the usual the Blarney Stone get the gift of the gab <laughs> and um West Cork yeah we went down to Ross actually in September um just for a weekend away um we stayed in the Celtic cottages there by the Celtic Ross Hotel and it's just like picturesque like out in Onahinch uh, Redburn we went out by the galley head because my dad would have spent the first few years when he was young like when he was born he was born down there down and they lived um, near Rathbury National School so it was so lovely just to you know we drove around all those roads and we had a look and it was really nice and we got to see the house where my grand and my dad's dad would have you know grown up in as well So it's just, like, for the county that it is, like, you can, you have the city, but you have this beautiful, you know, coastline and the countryside. So there's not, like, every part of Cork has something to offer, and it's just really nice. And I think that's why we, as, you know, um, as leesiders, and I suppose by the way we are podcast, we're so proud of where we're from because there's so much to offer, and you know it's it's just, and I, I've always said that, like you know, I'm from Cork, I live in Cork, and I don't plan to leave Cork, you know, because I, I just love it, and if I ever did leave, I think the the plan would always to be come back to come back because I I just love it here.
0: A great county, the real capital, or the southern capital at least. Um on that point I do love Fitzgerald Park. I think it's something that you don't expect to find in Cork. It's like even looking at some of the the plants and the ornaments in there, they look like they look kind of Japanese. But here you have it in, in the in the city centre. It's an amazing park. And um West Cork as well, and of course my own hometown in in Yall. Um we've we've so much choice here, which is brilliant. Um so is that what you love most about about Leaside is the the excellent scenery and you know places to go that we have
1: yeah I think so I I like I think you know the people of Cork are just so sound as well uh, and you can walk down the street and say hello like I have a fierce habit of you know if you if it's only you and one other person I'd say passing on a footpath like I'm always like Hello, you know or not the head or whatever and it's just really nice and like you know they, they, what they say like you know you're getting off the bus like I I just always make the habit of thanking the bus driver and when the plane lands I'll clap for the pilot like it's just but they're all things that I've kind of just grown up with just being grateful and I suppose as I say like everyone you know like it's probably one of the the fav- favorite words you know adding it to the end of a sentence and yeah like I just couldn't imagine like haven't grown up anywhere else because i just love where where i'm from and i i really enjoy going out shopping meeting people you know we've so many restaurants cafes and like there's so much a Cork i've yet to even explore so like it's it's unreal i i really i really do like i i don't know how many times i'm after saying like they're now in the last like minute but anyway
0: <laughs> finally marid what is it that motivates you? What makes you tick, would you say?
1: Um, I know I said it earlier, like, uh, you know, growing up, we grew up in a very hard working household. My dad is self-employed. So he's not a farmer but as I said like with farmers it's 24-7 so we were only chatting about it the other day that like dad could get up at any hour of the day or night and he can finish at any hour of the day or night there's no there's no one there to say okay you're finished go home so you know I suppose growing up in that um, and my mom would have often helped him as well and when we were younger we'd have gone out my brother would have helped him so we became you know quite immune and used to to working all hours of the day and night and getting stuck in and working hard and I think that's you know paid off for me as I grew up into i suppose into being a working professional myself but i'm I'm just used to just getting stuck in and getting involved and jumping in at the deep end. And like, you know, you could have new challenges and they're always exciting. You might be frightened of your life of something because you might have never tried it before. But if you don't try it, you're never going to know. So I just, you know, I, I always think that way. Just just give it a go because if you don't, you'll you never know. Um, And I remember hearing it on the radio. I th- it was either Ray Darcy or Ryan Toberty said it. And I think they had been given this advice by someone else. And it was like, if you come across as being nervous you know your listener isn't going to relax so if you can present yourself in a way that you're not letting on that you're you're scared or you're nervous or you're not sure well then your listener's going to relax and enjoy it with you and over time then you just relax into it so i think like what keeps me motivated is just being surrounded by people in work and at home who are just Therefore, you know, they're, they're going to get stuck in, they're going to get the job done and they're going to enjoy it as best they can while they're doing it. And it's like, you know, it's more of a hobby. And I remember Wayne in the plane said to me years ago, he was like, you're living the dream. And I'm like, yeah, cause like I just go into work and I'm like, it's just like I'm just going in to do my hobby, which is a pleasure. Like, you know, I don't know how many people can say that, that the job they do or the work they do is like a hobby because for me it definitely is and it's you know some people would look at me and they're like oh my god you're still working you still i'm like you know i love it like i wouldn't i wouldn't change it for the world because no matter what i'm going to have the news on anyway so it's 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 a joy to to be involved in and then to be to be to love cork so much and get to work as a local journalist in cork is just the icing on top you know
0: well on that point moraid we we'll leave it there. Listen, thanks a million for your time this afternoon. Uh, continued success in the award-winning news team and uh, good luck with the podcast as well and we'll speak to you soon. Thank you.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, Jordan. Thanks a million.